It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How good is Australia? Have a go. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Get a job. Have a go. To start a business. Start a family. To buy a home. Have a go. Have a go. And get a fair go when they have that go. Get a job. Work hard. Work hard. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world in which to work hard. Work hard. Here we are for another week of the Have A Go podcast. It's great to be with you. My name is Dave Edwards. With me is Dane Eldridge. We're the Have A Go team. Here we are. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. Let's uh, have a look. Australia's drifting in the market, and we need to wind them back in. We need to wind them up, don't we? That's right. Or even wind it up. Wind it up. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, these are troubling times we live in, mate. They are. As we all know. Mm. But nothing brings Australians, and indeed the world, together like the Olympic Games. All cultures, all creeds, all values, all flying their respective flags, mate, doing their nations proud. Yep. Brought together in competition. Yep. Mate, how good are the Olympics? It's it's absolutely fantastic, and it's just good to just reconnect with the Olympics in these uncertain times, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Even though they're a year late, I mean, yeah, like you said, the Olympics they bring the world together, you know, and then we just celebrate the triumph of the human spirit, don't we? Well, yeah, and it's one thing that unites Australia outside of World Cups and Bernard Tomic. Um, <laughs> You know, it's that time every four years when we feel our spirits emboldened by our swimmers and we remember that we've got blokes here who play badminton. So um, That's right, mate. Yeah. yeah, competition, honour, sacrifice and premium advertising opportunities. <laughs> That's, That's right. what the Olympics are. Yeah, I think the, uh, I think the Olympic creed is it's, it's not the triumph but the struggle. You know, it's not about winning but about taking part and nailing a good time zone for America. That's right. Yeah, I that's, think that's pretty the much most important it's... part of the bid. All right, mate, let's look at the history. Let's be quick. Yes. Because it's a big one. It's a meaty one. It is. Because it goes right back to ancient Greece. All that if, way back. If we want to get real about it, to the city of Olympia yep. in the Greek Peloponnese back in 776 BC, as they say. Yeah, right. So these old Olympics, these ancient Olympics were held in honour of the Greek god Zeus. Yep. No one knows why it was held every four years. Just was. Yeah. We're just keeping it. Keeping yep. going because... TV deal, um, probably. But it wasn't just an athletic event. It was more than that. It was mm. a religious festival. Yeah. On the middle day of the event, a thousand oxen would be sacrificed in Zeus's honour. Wow. Okay. Um, they don't do that these days. No, they do. It's a dick pound from the IOC. <laughs> uh, you know, sculptors, poets and artists would all mm. come together and showcase their work. So art and sport together fused right. in the ancient Olympics. Sounds like the Surrey Hills markets or Yeah, something. it does. Yeah, yeah. Nude blokes running laps on soil. Okay, so mm. yeah, even early on, Greece was showing their love of austerity measures, weren't they? <laughs> and I also read that the first ever Olympic flame that was um, lit at Olympia was done using the sun's natural energy. So, right. so even in the 1800s, there was uh, walk, uh, co- corporate wokes just imbuing everything. Olympia as a location was completely inaccessible. Yeah, so right. similar to Homebush, okay. actually. <laughs> uh, but because it was so difficult to get to, it was pretty much just for the rich, wealthy elites. Yep. yep. Um, only Good. free-born Greek men were allowed to, to participate in the okay. ancient Olympics. Yep. So I heard. Anyway, <laughs> that's the ancient Olympics. Yep. These modern Olympics, they were somewhat inspired by those games, but they're a bit different. Yeah, okay. So they, they were the brainchild of a French bloke, a yep. baron. yep. Um, his name's probably a bit too difficult to pronounce, so I won't even have a crack. But the French had been trounced in more than just a few wars, mate. Mm, mm. So his vision was to use these Olympics to kind of toughen up the youth. Yep. Uh, but also to use the Olympics as an instrument for peace. That's right. So some, somewhat contradictory there. Yes. Um, but that's where it all came from, mate. And that was mm. 1896, the first Olympics as we know them. 
That's took right. place in Athens. So these modern Olympics now were inspired by what happened in ancient Greece. Yep. You know, so, you know, we, a couple of white blokes got together and said, you know, this will be big, won't it? Like this will be huge for peace, unity, global symbolism. Mm. And we'll just whack some clothes on these blokes and sell the space to Kodak. Let's talk through some of the great heroes. Oh, yeah. Of Australian Olympic history. I yep. mean, I'm just going to say names here. Fanny Durack, Edwin Flack. Betty Cuthbert. Oh, yeah. Got any names for oh, me? Oh, mate, the awesome foursome. You know, yeah. Nick Green, James Tompkins, um, the other two. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Lithgow Flash, Debbie Flintoff King, oh. Duncan Armstrong, you know, Michael Diamond. You know, <laughs> athletes we just loved unconditionally. Yeah. You know, we didn't care what their backstory was or if they had a DUI or if they had unregistered firearms. We didn't care. They were in a tracksuit. You know, they were competing for gold. But now... That's all. I mean, we're going to move on to this in a minute, but the Olympic ideal is starting to fade a little. So some of the sports like athletics, swimming, cycling, rowing, these are our bread and butter sports. We've always loved them. Bloody oath. We've always been good at them. We love the pool as well, don't we? Oh, don't I mean, we ever. Dawn Fraser, Kieran Perkins. Yeah. Ian Thorpe, Laurie Lawrence running yep. up and down the side of the pool like yeah. an absolute maniac. Yeah. Just bronze dozzies, aren't they? You know, we, oh. we're just inspired by their commitment to the black line. You know what I mean? They just swim, getting up at 4 a.m. Yeah. every day for four years. Suffering crippling depression as that, a result. That's right. Just, you know, trying to strive for the for a shot at the dream, which is a 25K marketing deal with Telstra. <laughs> you know, what's happened to all these swimmers though, from the golden era? They're all, I think they're all just selling skincare or ecstasy now. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get on to the decline shortly. But, mm. I mean, some great moments in Australian Olympics history. I mean, do, mm. you, have a, do you have a favourite moment in Australian Olympics history? So many to choose from. Um, my, mine is actually, well, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it was the moment that Cathy Freeman uh, lit the cauldron in Sydney. Oh, yeah. I mean, who who didn't see that at the time? We, it was the time when Australia stood tall on the stage as one. Well, let's um, talk about that because 2000 was the zenith. It was. For Australia in every conceivable way and the Olympics was kind of the highlight yes. of that year, wasn't it? I, st- I still remember in 1993 when Antonio Samaranch, you know, announced that the winner was Sydney mm. or Sydney, as he said. Mm. I think I was about eight in yeah. 93, but I yeah. remember waking up at like 4 a.m. Mm. and just... The, the complete euphoria yes. that overwhelmed my young body. Mm. Life had meaning, finally. We were going to host the Olympics. It was seven years away, but geez, we were happy. Yeah. How proud we were, mate, of that. And what's more, do you know that we nudged out Beijing for that bid? Is that right? Yeah. Shit, that explains a lot, that doesn't explains it? explains a lot. Geez, they can hold a grudge, can't they? They can. They can. So yeah. the, the torch made its way over from Olympia, as it always does, yep. for the Sydney Olympics. You know, enormous carbon footprint <laughs> all the way from Olympia. I don't remember anyone talking about that back then. No, no, I don't um, But, you know, through rural Australia, all those backwater towns, showcasing yep. Australia to the world. Yep. And then, as you say, Cathy Freeman getting mm. up there and lighting the Torch. There was a bit of a torch malfunction there was, as well. There kinda, was. The cauldron kind of hung yep. in the air for yep. like a couple of minutes. Yeah. I think that was actually a cyber attack by Beijing. I was, <laughs> was going to say public servants, probably the <laughs> council. But apparently it was four painful minutes that it stood there yeah. uh, and didn't didn't move. But I also always thought as, 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 as wonderful as that moment was in all seriousness, I just I thought we missed a trick by not getting warny to light the, the, yeah. the cauldron, maybe just flicking a cigarette. Yeah, just- yeah, just two big drags and then just flick and just right. up she goes. I mean, that I think that would have captured captured the world. You should have been the artistic director for that opening ceremony, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, that was a great game. I mean, some of the moments from that. I mean, Nikki Webster, for example, at the opening ceremony. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, she now actually runs a dance studio just a street away from my house in Leichhardt, just right. as an aside. Mm. But Eric the Eel, I mean, that yep. was that was Olympics because it wasn't about winning, was it? No. I mean, was... he's a bloke from Equatorial Guinea who's never swum in a pool in his life. Yes. Just getting out there and having a crack. I know, and it just embodied everything. 
about the Olympic spirit. And I'm actually very happy that that didn't happen in the modern day because he would have gone viral, but in an, yeah. in, in, a, in an ironic. We're doing TikToks. Yeah, and people would have been making a lot of fun. He'd be like, you know, uh, you know, photoshopped onto silly videos like, you know, swimming through the desert and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't happen. It would be problematic, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would be. Uh, you know, the others, kind of the successes of the Olympics, obviously Thorpey swept the pool. I mean, yep. there was the 4 by 100 relay yep. where, you know, the, the Yanks said that they were going to smash us like air guitars. And yeah. Then, and then we did the opposite to them. I mean, there was also heartbreak, Jane Savile, mm, you know, mm. getting disqualified right at the end of the 20K walk, right mm. when she was destined for gold. I mean, the Olympics isn't just about celebrating the gold. It's also about the heartbreak, yeah. the human failure and frailties yeah, of us all. exactly, and mocking people that win bronze, basically. But I think probably the, the, the best result from Sydney for mine was uh, afterwards was the fact that Sydney was rated had the most um, athletes that stayed behind to seek asylum. Yeah. So, so just how good Sydney? Yeah, you know I mean, like, so, you wouldn't so, want to leave, would you? No. So I remember I was just I was a, I was in Sydney on the on the middle weekend of the Olympics, and I was in Kings Cross yep. at an ungodly hour, and I remember walking down the street, and I saw a group of Kenyan athletes in their full tracksuits just yeah. walking down um, Darlinghurst Road, yeah. and I thought. I knew the city had graduated at that moment. Yeah. And that's why, you know, the, the pool of Sydney is undeniable. But, you know, it was it was a different time, wasn't it? It was just such a joyous, happy time in Sydney. Yep. Um, I still see some, you know, retired people walking around the city in those Olympic volunteer uniforms. Just takes me back to a safe space. Oh, isn't it? Just, they're so gaudy, but they're just so warming. Okay, let's, let's move forward. So the, the Olympics... I mean, it's not just about what happens on the field. A bit of it's about what happens off the field. And I'm talking mm. about the increasing politicisation mm. of the Olympics. So mm. it's no secret, mate. The Olympics have long been used as a political instrument yep. by leaders. Yep. I mean, the 1936 Berlin Games, Hitler's Games. Yeah, yeah. I showcasing mean, the Nazi way of life to the world. Yeah. I mean, let's stage an athletics carnival while we pump up some anti-Semitism. I mean, yeah. and, but the IOC denied there was any kickbacks in the, um, in the, in the bidding process. So. No. That was the first Olympics that was actually televised. I remember oh, those right? red Nazi flags really popping off the screen. Yeah, good start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you have those <laughs> yeah. as your first games. And I remember as I read too that um, the Goebbels was the um, organiser. Yeah. And jobs for the boys there from Hitler, isn't it? I mean, yeah. and imagine that in Sydney, that name being mentioned in, in, yeah. the, in, in part with, you know, Rod McGeoch, John Fay, <laughs> the Gerbler. <laughs> Over the years, countries have boycotted the event. Yep. There's been a number of notable boycotts. And it's worth noting, actually, that Australia's never boycotted the Games. No, nah, of course We've not. We've never done it. Not sport above all. In fact, even during the, I think it was the 1980 Moscow Olympics, when the US boycotted, mm. I think mm. that was over like the Soviets' invasion of Afghanistan. Oh, was it? You know, the, the federal government of Australia didn't fund the AOC over there, but we still went just yeah. out of our own pocket. Yeah, that's right. We pay for it now. What's the problem? Yeah, yeah. Plus just paying out of pocket to get over there. Yeah. We wouldn't go against the US now, would we? No, of course Because that, that was defying the US. Yeah, no, no even a non-refundable, refundable airline <laughs> ticket. I'm sorry, it's uh, we're going with these guys. So let's talk about the IOC quickly. Yes. So the International Olympic Committee, I mean, yep. these are the blokes, these elites. Mm. They're the ones that choose the host city. They've got tremendous powers Yep. And they take advantage of those powers, don't, don't they? they? And they don't like it when athletes get political. No, not at all. I mean, you, you're not allowed to make any type of political demonstration at the Olympics. I mean, the Olympic uh, IOC basically says, you know, you can't fight against racism or misogyny unless we can profit from it. That's right. So that's the rule. That's actually in their um, charter. Anyway, mate, Tokyo, it's nearly here. Yep. Finally. Yep. Can you believe this is going ahead? Can you believe that they're having Olympics? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Everyone's dying. It's incredible, isn't it's it, It's not mate? solved yet. No, Vaccines no. are only getting rolled out, but we're going to have a massive international event 
all comers, all nations descending on Tokyo. It's What's just doing? It's just going ahead no matter what. It's just piling ahead, you know, making money. I mean, look, it was it was put this way by Dick Pound. He said it's going ahead barring Armageddon. <laughs> you know, I, I talk about instilling confidence in your stakeholders. Yeah. But, but, I mean, look, it has been postponed from 2020 uh, to 2021. I believe it was to coincide with the fifth wave. Right. Just, okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, but it's going to have a bit. Definitely going to have a different feel, mate, uh, because you know the usual biohazards that sweep the Olympic Village are venereal disease. So, yeah. So I don't. Now they'll just it. be handing out P- PPE. Yeah. <laughs> no, not condoms, just PPE. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a lot at stake here for Japan. I mean, heaps of cash. They've spent about 28 billion already. Mm. Is it just a sunk costs fallacy? We've come this far. We've got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think so. I think that's what it is. I mean, we've got too many um, mascot merchandise uh, units to move, so it just has to go ahead. Mate, with so much global uncertainty these days, who would want to host the Olympics? Bloody no one, I don't think. I mean, it's the, the luster is gone, isn't it? Is it just like we want to show off our own backyard? Let's yeah. get out the good China. <laughs> yeah, that's you know. exactly what it's like. Everyone loves playing host. Yeah. But the Olymp- there are enough upsides. There's a lot of downsides. The Olympics is mum's good cutlery, isn't it? Yeah. That you use once every double generation. As soon as know. everyone's gone, we'll go back to acting like slobs. Yeah, that's right. I'm just going to eat on the lounge. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about the Olympics, it does offer a chance for soft power diplomacy. Mm. And that's mm. a big thing for nations to consider when they put in the bid. Not Definitely. just the economic benefits, but mm. the soft power opportunities. Mm. I mean, China promoted harmony mm. back in 2008 to stop us fearing their rise as a world power. Yeah. Okay. So that worked a fucking treat, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we all bought it. That's right. Did you know that ahead of Beijing uh, 2008 Olympics, Chinese volunteers undertook smiling lessons? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They've just sucked us right in, haven't they? I mean, they've pretty much done a full 180 on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But there are plenty of downsides Mm. to hosting Olympics. So, for example, white elephant stadiums. Yep, yep. You know, building customised venues that will never be used again. Yeah, yeah, like our hockey centre. Yeah. I I I don't even know if we have a hockey team anymore. (laughs) Well, if we do, they're probably in some cultural crisis. Yeah. I mean, bespoke water rapids. We can't turn everything into a wet and wild. What about like the general displacement of people as well? So, you know, ahead of Sydney, we obviously had to clear everyone out of the way. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that for a motorway, but not for a global event. <laughs> You've got to sweep the streets properly. And that's by right. that, I'm talking about clear all the homeless people away. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, terrorism as well. Yes. I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, mm. ISIS, they've, they've been quiet lately. Mm. But you never know, maybe they're gearing themselves up for Tokyo. Yeah, they, they build in their own bid, are they? <laughs> <laughs> How do we stop that? More bollards? Yeah. I'd say. Just more bollards, I think. <laughs> Let them have a team. I mean, it's no surprise that these days less countries are bidding. Yes. In Brisbane. Yeah. They're the only bidder. That's right. Uncontested, they've been granted 2032. I mean, so look, we're down to regional centres. Wouldn't that concern you, mate? I mean, you wouldn't take a house to auction with only one registered bidder. Have a go. Australia's fastest growing residential outpost is ready to host the world's biggest party. The women are out for the 400 metres final. Cathy Freeman. Remember the year 2000 and the Olympics where Sydney was the centre of the world. Introducing Australia's next Olympic bid. The, the winner is, is, is... Lexapro Springs 2032. Hi there, I'm CEO of Cladcorp, Dean Seaman. Here at Cladcorp, we're proud to be partnering with the New South Wales Government in conjunction with the Australian Olympic Committee to bring the games of the 35th Olympiad to the vibrant outskirts of Western Sydney. A semi-completed property development on the rise, Lexapro Springs is the perfect fit for $36 billion worth of single-use white elephant infrastructure projects. 
Take it from happy Lexapro Springs homeowner, Terry Besser. When we moved in eight months ago, I was a bit concerned I'd poured my entire life savings into a lemon. After all, Lexapro Springs was the only Sydney suburb to post a double-digit decline in house price value in 2020. But I've never been so inspired to put 70% of my monthly wage into these 30-year mortgage repayments while supporting six kids on 45k. Hang on a sec. Kids, keep it down. Daddy's trying to help the New South Wales government win an Olympic bid. (laughs) Sorry about that. Lexapro Springs 2032. Panthers World of Entertainment is just down the road. And our state-of-the-art international airport at Badgerys Creek is flagged for completion in 2040. We've also got an in-principle agreement with the blokes who built the Opal Tower to develop the Olympic pool in Lexapro Springs. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend, what a champion. Lexapro Springs 2032. At least it's not Brisbane. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Oh, stop faffing around. Round, round, round. Just say what you want to say. Say, say. Isabel is having a baby. Baby, baby, baby. And I am the father. I do real, 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 real. I said, a big shock, 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 shock. Hey, huh? Life has a habit of doing that. Another week, another very, very big subject uh, that we're tackling on the Have A Go podcast. And we're happy to do that this week with. Uh, social commentator and comedian Sean Woodland. Welcome to the show, mate. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, boys. Very excited to be here. Excellent. We're excited. And um, it is an Olympic year. Well, we think it's Again. an Olympic year. We'll see how it goes. We'll <laughs> yeah. see how COVID plays out. But um, we're talking about the Olympics today. We're talking about the great games. I mean, what is the Olympics to you? What well, does it mean much. to you? Not much, really. Yeah. Um, a lot of, obviously, as Australians, we're grossly insecure bunch of people. So we... Um, <laughs> We fall over anything that we're good at. You know, we fawn yeah. over anything, I should say, that we're that we're good at. Swimming. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not impressed by swimming at all beyond uh, being able to not drown. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the day that someone can outswim a shark, I'll be like, fuck, now that's an yeah. effort. Uh, <laughs> why do we need to do a 1,500-metre race? Well, we, why, who came up with that number? Yeah, I, I guess That seems excessive. But swimmers, I mean, obviously, you know, we're good at it, mm. uh, as we should we be. We love what we're good at. Yeah, well, everyone does, and yeah. that, that's fine. Um, but you put Ian Thorpe, someone with feet that size, in Uganda or Greenland, he's in the circus. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. not, he's not revered. Uh, because he can swim. He's ridiculed, if anything. Yeah. Race walking, everyone got on board that. Mm. There was that Jared Talent, which is an ironic name for someone who walks. <laughs> yeah. uh, he won a gold medal in the 50-kilometre yeah. walk at one stage. And it's like walking like you've shit yourself. Yeah. Or you've been told not to run when you're a child. You can get a gold medal for that. Yeah. And any race should just be fucking A to B. Like, doesn't yeah. matter how you do it. Yeah. Who gets to Punching, B first? Punching, kicking. Yep. <laughs> yep. Having snipers take people out. That's what I mean. That's what they used to do in the Tour de France. You know, they'd have all sorts of things yeah. happening. And there's Nails nothing more on popular the road. than that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to fact check that. That just sounds good. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Um, mate, do you think the Olympics feed our self worth as a nation anymore? Because, you know, we love a winner in mm, Australia. Well, it's difficult to answer that because I'm a grown up. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. And our self worth is is a complex topic. We're we're pretty flimsy, aren't we? Here in Australia, <sighs> that's it. We do love oh, yeah. 
a winner. Uh, we all pretended to like sailing in 1983. <laughs> I remember. I was. Um, I'm old enough, I should say, to remember Hawkey yep. and his uh, immortal words: "If anyone who doesn't give their employee the day off tomorrow is a bum." Mm. Um, Great for the economy. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, that's why we we love anything that makes us feel good, and and that's why. Drugs and alcohol are just as good as the Olympics, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thank God COVID didn't stop those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, a gold medal, I mean, yeah, like the nation just feels more buoyant when we're on top, I think. Mm. Especially when we've got minerals around our necks. That's right. It does. Mm. That's right. It's, um, I think also um, something that gets an unexpected win is mm. what we really like. And, Don't and, we? and that sort of taps into that, that same... Uh, emotion as a win on the pokies does because <laughs> uh, it's An so unexpected. Victory, yeah. The elation is is very intense, uh, and obviously we don't get to see the abject misery of the remaining ninety nine point nine percent of Olympic athletes yeah. wallowing in self pity, yeah. uh, broken homes, yeah, dreams. You, you give me mm. the choice. I'll ever go on the Bricky's laptop any day before I have a crack at the Olympics. <laughs> you, you're far more chance of winning. I'm just picturing like an Olympics Olympic village. It's just like the Rudy Hill RSL uh, yep. in the pokies room. It's just like you know one or two, a very small amount of winners and yeah. just a lot of uh, yeah. losers. But um, look, has the has the brutal science of modern sport? Do you think killed any chance of of another Stephen um, Bradbury moment? I mean, so I assume by um, brutal science you mean performance enhancing drugs <laughs> in a roundabout um, way. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was getting well, at. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I hope it's killed any further chance. Um, I mean, what kind of message did his victory send? Mm. Um, you know, he was the Eric the Eel moment of the Winter yeah. Olympics. I found it shameful. Um, <laughs> if that had been me, I would have given the medal yeah. back. Uh, John John Landy, 50-odd years ago, would have gone back and helped the others up. Yes, um, yes. You know, the people who get excited over that sort of stuff are the same people that <laughs> keep their most improved trophies on their shelves at home. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I really So you think that was an embarrassing see... moment for Australia? Well, for him. Yeah. You know, I mean, to be fair to the guy, he's, he's got peroxide hair and we know what that does to men. You know, you look at your Warnies and Dermot Brereton's and Jason Ackermanis types, so yep. it does yeah. send something haywire in their brain. Mm. Yep. Um, I mean, he might be happy and proud of that as an achievement, but, geez, I wouldn't be. No. Agreed. No. Yeah. Even I, just I, the momentum, like when those other guys fell over behind him, oh. they all fell over the line. Yeah. Like I think skating, you can just like fall over and go around the whole yeah, I mean, but that, just that, make it anyway. You're yeah. right. And, and what that shows is our abject insecurity as a nation that we had to take some joy from, and some esteem from something such a debacle as mm. that. It is. Yeah. Well, we should be just like bigging up our minerals. As, like I said before, we should be celebrating mining, not people stumbling yeah. over the line for we should be making poultry the gold winter gold. Ourselves. That's and right. And, and just further to that, I mean, does anyone really genuinely care about the Winter Olympics over here? I mean, it's on TV nowadays, as is most sports. It's probably just a contractual obligation. Um, you know, what, what's Australia's relationship with well, the Winter Olympics? Well, there must Olympics? be some. I mean, yeah. the, the only Winter Olympian most of us can name is now a politician and uh, yep. an independent politician. And and she lives in Manly, and like I've yeah. seen hail there. Um, yeah. it, again, you know, feels I mean, forced. Feels we've unnatural. We've got our share of yeah. uh, privileged people that can afford to go to the snow here, yep. and uh, and the little stoner community, obviously. Yeah. But yep. There's there's no there's no need for for that for yep. the Winter Olympics in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right because all the snow is, and ice is melting anyway, so, um, yeah, we won't have they that won't anymore. They won't survive, yeah. Yeah. which is a good thing. Have a go. 
time, friend to some, but foe to many, family, deadlines, playing online poker on the toilet. In this modern world, there is no time. The all-new Citroën Creance. Sleek, sophisticated, reliable, and all the other things you're not. And at 76,990, drive away, it's priced tantalizingly outside your range. Envy, desire, and all the other emotions generated by the exclusivity of our mystifying marketing campaign. I'm really pleased that the Queen has seen fit to award knighthoods in the Order of Australia to Prince Philip for his very long life. I was there around Christmas and I said to a fellow, I said, what are you going to do on Christmas? He said, well, I think I'll get up, Chrissy Day. Australian cuisine you guys invented when you started existed five minutes ago. Technically, all of your food is prison food. How much longer are we going to put up with this shit? Authorised by the Better Australia Movement and spoken by some lady we found on Fiverr.com. The Better Australia Movement is affiliated with the Better Australia Party, which sounds potentially xenophobic, but is really just a nostalgic longing for an idealised version of Australia that never actually existed. So the winner and Australia's next top model is... is... Mate, we talked about Sydney 2000 earlier, mm. and it was a simpler time. It was. Pandemic aside, yep. Team Australia has been on the nose for some time. I think it's fair to say. Mm. I'm not seeing any Uncle Toby's ads nah. with Aussie Olympians anymore. No. Nah. No canned fruit with the awesome sw- foursome. No. Nah. Seeing Grant Hackett being poked awake on planes. Yeah. I mean, it's in decline, mate. This is an institution that we held dear. I mean, they're just turning into typical professional sports people. I mean, the swimming team, you mentioned them. They've been accused of having a misogynistic pervert culture. That's hard to come back from. (laughs) It's pretty bad these days. I mean, the mud sticks, doesn't it, in cancel culture? What is it about the pool? Is it the chlorine? I don't know. What makes these blokes... They're always What's like, doing? And they're always Dutch technocrats as well. Like, is there some kind of cultural thing? Not to disparage an entire country. I mean... It's not just swimming. I mean, gymnastics. I mean, the Human Rights Commission, Australian Human Rights Commission, recently discovered a culture of abuse. I mean... A toxic environment that includes bullying and body shaming within gymnastics in Australia. I mean, when since when in history has the bloody Human Rights Commission got involved with the Olympics? I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just bad news right there. At the AOC, you know, the mm. phone rings. Oh, hey, hey Coatsy, the Human Rights Commission's on the phone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. And also, mate, hold your breath. Yep. A, a win at all costs culture was discovered. Oh my god. Which is shocking to discover within elite sport. Yep. But anyway, mate, those are a couple of examples. There are plenty more. Yeah. I could go on, but the bottom line, mm. our Olympians need a rebrand. They do. They're overpaid, they're in, over entitled, yep. they're sucking the taxpayers' teat yep. relentlessly mm. so they can 
compete for personal glory before coming back and dominating the corpies scene. They're the worst of Australia at the moment and they need to, they need to be shortened up. Did you know that in Rio... 2016 Australian medals cost us 20 million a pop. That's disgusting, isn't it? So we're not getting a good ROI anymore either. No. They've also all been vaccinated before the rest of us, the good vaccine, (laughs) getting on the Pfizer, not the AZ. Wow. So what do we do, mate? How do we we fall in love with our Olympians again? Mate, look, what you're telling me there is is it's illustrating an even greater decline than I ever imagined. Yeah. You know, especially with the vaccines. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, these guys, like I said before, we once just loved them unconditionally, didn't we? Unconditional. They just did the best for Australia. They punched. They punched above. But now we're just, like you said, we're doing sums for taxpayer dollars per medal, and that's grim. You know what I mean? So I think the only way we're going to get back and fall in love with our Olympics again is just to defund the AIS. Yeah, okay, the Australian Institute of Sport. That's right. Defund it. That's right. So I think no, not, we need... To... Not like completely defund it? Defund it, dismantle it, okay. uh, sell it for parts. Uh, we just need to go back to austerity funding. We need to go back to the amateur days. Right. Um, there's only way we're going to get our athletes to have some perspective. So you're you know? saying make them hungry. Get, that... them, get them a bit hungrier for it. Well, yeah, I just... I, I need some... to win gold in order to secure employment opportunities post-games. And, and to eat. And to uh, eat. Yeah, yeah. So that, there's no other way to generate organic national pride. It's just yeah. to strip someone of their income, basically. <laughs> so what I'd like to see is like I still want the swimmers to retain those full-length laser suits because they definitely have a benefit. They definitely shave off a second or two, but we'll make them of Hessian now, okay? Right. And they can train in the Parramatta River. Okay. And maybe they have to like buy them themselves by, by selling big issues on the street. Yep, that's right, and definitely not tax-deductible either. Um, and then we're just going to get rid of all these Dutch uh, technical supremos that we've brought in on the taxpayer dollar and just replace them with Laurie Lawrence. Yeah. yeah Why but- is it always the Dutch that we bring in? I don't know. Is it the accent? They're tall and they've got a good accent. Yeah, yeah I don't know. They just they, they sound intelligent. They do. They do. I mean, how, what, what what's in coaching a swimmer though? I yeah. thought much. Just perving by the sounds of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so all we need to do is yeah. So we just get a nation of Eric the Eels and build from the bottom. Um, if that doesn't work, we'll just create bots like we did with Tatiana Grigorieva. Yeah, she was great in a lab, wasn't she? Oh, she was definitely. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So I think there's a business case for getting rid of a few of our domestic sports, yep. which are eating into our Olympic talent pool. Yes. So, I mean, we've got four football codes in mm. Australia. It's mm. too much. It is. It you is. Know, AFL, League, Union and Soccer. Why do we need four? There's too many. You know, we need Olympians. Mm, mm. And some of those football players could be Olympians, particularly yep. AFL. Like the body shape is quite versatile. Could be doing anything, rowing, swimming, yep. cycling, what have you. Yes. You know, this might result in some separatist attacks yeah. from <laughs> AFL fans who aren't happy. <laughs> To lose their Another lo- one? beloved sport. Okay, yes. But I think it needs to be done for the good of the country. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's something to be done there with the Kick program perhaps. Uh, is there some way we can, um, you know, uh, meld that into little athletics? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Is there something to be done there? But yeah, we do need to shave a few codes off. I, I mean, mean, rugby league, can you imagine like Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai in the Coxless pairs? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, like you're doing some K-pop dancing at the start, and just really throwing the opponents off. Yeah, imagine a big, like a big burly German guy there, just trying to focus. And there's these two blokes there, you know, popping and bloody locking and whatever the kids do these days. <laughs> all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world in which to live.